0: As long as there's breath in your lungs, there is purpose for your life. You're listening to Rise. Hey, my name is Diana, and I am so glad you're here today. Today, we are going to cover groundbreaking potential. In fact, we are going to talk about excellence, excellence at the foundation. Excellence starts at your foundation. Ready? Let's get started. duct tape is handy the question of the day is where do you keep your duct tape some people have it in a junk drawer some people keep it with their their tools and some people keep it in their craft closet like yours truly recently my baby was like ha oh, I'm super strong baby and she's like breaking through all the locks that hold the drawers shut the baby locks anyway so I'm like Duct tape and them shut. My husband went ahead and fixed those, though. So now we don't have a baby taking all the towels out of the towel drawer and getting all the oven mitts. Anyway, (laughs) well, what you will discover is that duct tape, it can have a lot of uses. You can make bracelets with it. You could maybe make a patch for your pants, but it doesn't fix everything. You might be able to fix a hole in an inflatable for a while but it's not a permanent fix. It can only hold for so long before you need to apply more duct tape or come up with a different solution. There's this verse in Proverbs thirteen twelve: Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred kind of reminds me of deferred maintenance. It's just like, ha, put off another day. And after a while, that house begins to droop and the shutters begin to sag. Hope deferred is like duct tape holding us together. As we move ahead in disappointment, see, on the outside, you cannot see that person is just hanging on by a thread. On the outside, they look like a perfectly put together house, right? But the more the longing and the desire is put off and put off, It's like cracks and overgrown with weeds. It's not until the longing is fulfilled that it's suddenly turned into a tree of life. I heard this quote that said, if you are hanging on by a thread, make sure it's the edge of his cloak. See, we have to make sure that it's not disappointment duct tape that we're using, but we are moving ahead in faith, faith that believes that despite what it looks like, it's going to happen. If he said it, he meant it. It The kind of faith that stays on God, that digs in deep to the soil, that plants its roots to the source. You know who your source is. You might be just a little sapling right now, but you gotta believe that one day you're gonna be that tree of life. Your roots are gonna be so strong. No one's just gonna come by and knock you over. Ha, a little wind? Ha, don't think so. But you know what? It's a choice. Are we gonna stay on that hopelessness of hope deferred? Or do we choose to believe and to cling to the promise that God is going to make a way even when there is no way? Luke six forty seven says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he's like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the floods ro- arose and the stream beat vehemently against that house, it could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell. And the ruin of that house was great. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and the unjust. That's Matthew 5, 45. See, rain comes, sometimes as nourishment, but sometimes as storms. It doesn't say if the storm comes, but when. There is this preparation there. And it's that that house is built on a solid foundation. Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your outside work. Make it fit for yourself in the field and afterward build your house. We must till the ground and get it ready. Just like our heart. Our heart needs to be good ground in order to hear and to receive the word and do something with it. And you don't want a house built on a shifty foundation. You have to make sure the ground is good and that it's prepared. When a construction crew is building a house, there's so much that has to be done before they ever even start the framework of that house. They've got to clear the spot, break the ground, and make it level and test it for compaction. Can it handle the weight? Can it handle the pressure of having a big old house on it? Then they've got to dig trenches for the footings, put in the batter boards, think like loaf pans for concrete stem walls coming later. Plumbing pipes are laid, black plastic is put out as a radon shield. So radon is a gas that comes from the ground and without the shield it could come creeping right up into your house and too much radon over a long period of time could be harmful. And then rebar is laid in a beautiful plaid-like pattern for the concrete slab to have something to grab onto. And somewhere in all of this, those concrete stem walls are put in place. Those are what the frame of the house is later attached to. And, and then the concrete slab is finally poured. Then the site is cleaned up and prepared for the framing crew. It's more than just a blueprint. There are many parts working together to accomplish the one goal. See, that ground, it needs to be prepared before the house can ever even start being built. It needs a firm foundation. It's the first step to ensuring that that house can weather any storm, something those first two little pigs missed. Then after the foundation is laid, they start building. And we are to be careful how we build, as the Apostle Paul said. Each of us, what we add is going to be tested. And do you know what? It's up to each one of us to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Relationships have foundations. Life has foundations, routines, our thoughts... The things we do with our time are regular. What is your regular? And is it helping your foundation? Is it making it better? Are you living up to your potential? Are you able to withstand the storms of life or the storms of life combined with a lack of preparation, tearing at it and causing corrosion? You have been called to live intentionally and on purpose, with purpose, with hope. You are His masterpiece, created for such a time as this. Ephesians two ten. You are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works that He prepared before Him that you may walk in them. But it's not automatic. It is a choice. It's not a have to. It's a get to. There's this adorable Thomas the Train book called A Crack in the Track, and at the end of the book, Thomas says, "I thought there was nothing a train could not do, but I know now that just isn't true. I learned a big lesson from one little crack." A train is only as good as its track. And that's kind of the same way. The way of a lazy man is as a hedge of thorns, but the way of the upright, it's like a highway. They can run on it. And when your foundation is well set up, when you have your systems in place, then you are in a position where you can run. You can just run for it. (laughs) You can run the race that has been set before you. You can only run as fast as the ground in front of you, though. Or else you're flying. And you know what? I'm all for flying. But if you're flying, there's got to be wind beneath your wings. Isaiah forty thirty one. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Did you know there is this correlation? I'm going to show it to you right now. Okay, see Proverbs 3.19 says, The Lord by wisdom founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and the clouds dropped the dew. You see, there it is set up this pattern of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. And so then you see it again right here in Proverbs twenty four three. Through wisdom, a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with precious and pleasant riches. 1 Peter 3.7 says, Dwell with your wife with understanding. Well, it works both ways. That there may be this understanding that peace and compassion may dwell. That all people are in it together. Family, their unity. Marital, it's unity. Company, a unity. The royal family, the family of God, unity that the presence of the Lord, it dwells where there's unity. Psalm 133, 1 and 3, Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them, Matthew eighteen twenty. Note that in order for his presence to be there, this unity includes him too. Not like the Tower of Babel, a situation where the people thought they didn't need God. And they were just going to do whatever they wanted to do. They weren't going to do what God told them to do. They were not going to step out and do what they were called to do. But they were going to just stay put right where it was comfortable. You shouldn't fight with God. See what happened to Paul? Boom! Flash of light! Is it easy for you to keep fighting against me? Who are you, Lord Jesus? Who you are persecuting? Boom. Life changed and even more lives changed. And then I don't need to tell you the story of Jonah, right? Swallowed by a whale? (laughs) I remember when my little Oliver was two and I took him to Disneyland and we went into this Pinocchio ride and, and it's like this giant whale that goes under the water. And he was so scared. He thought we had really gotten swallowed by a whale. Oh, goodness. Your foundation starts in the places behind closed doors, the parts no one else sees. Recently, we had sort of a breach in our own foundation. See, I work from home and I have a certain way of doing things and a certain way of working with the kids. And so I need to have my systems. And you know, we have our routine. There's the ideal routine and then there's the default routine. Obviously, I'm like, yes, ideal routine. But either way, there are some things that happen anyway. Like no matter what, they happen. Okay, so this is what the day is supposed to look like. It's preferable I get up before the kids because she rises while it is yet night and prepares vision for her house. I gotta get my Jesus time. So then, if I have time, I'll work on the podcast. Unless the kids are up running around and trying to bust into the snacks and then it's muffins and goldfish and Cheerios and string cheese and what's in the Bible with Buck Denver and Veggie Tales all over the place. Nope, not those mornings. So then it's... Off on our morning run slash bike ride slash park trip. And then we come home, do breakfast showers and nap and schoolwork and regular work and then clean up and now, oh, it's summer. So throw in swimming in there somewhere in the afternoon, right? Suddenly, there had been a change that brought my husband home more often. Which isn't a bad thing. I like my husband. But he can be a distraction. <laughs> He does think so much differently than me. Very cautious and calculated and well thought out. Almost to a fault, but really it's not. It's a strength, right? It's a strength for our relationship because I don't work that way at all. <laughs> for him, it's like, oh my goodness, you just spilt goldfish? No kids running with scissors. Of course I'm joking. Of course, right? The baby has a pin and she's writing on herself. Guess what? It washes off. It's okay. Everything is fine. The house is not burning down. Nobody is... <laughs> I'm totally kidding again. But you see, I was struggling so much. See, I have to be able to get work done. And goldfish need to be allowed to happen. And kids need to be allowed to make messes. Not writing on the walls or anything crazy. But you know, if you want to take down every little book, baby girl, from the shelf, you'd just be my guest. <laughs> Instead, it was suddenly like this overstimulation of television and never-ending mess duty where one of us was dressed as the maid for the day and our children were all like wrapped in bubble wrap and it was just getting through the day and no work being accomplished and it was like walking a molasses where I wanted to run, but I couldn't. It was like there were weights tied to my legs and those weights were not my children. It wasn't my husband. Those weights were miscommunications, misconceptions. They were the lack of walking in unity and those weights caused a crack in the track and after the Lord shed light from both sides there was this mutual understanding because by understanding it is established you cannot have rooms with laughter without first having rooms filled with compassion and where there was understanding and compassion there were solutions we were able to come up with a plan that provides for us both to be able to run together in unity remember a house divided cannot stand you have to both be together in unity to win a potato sack race You need to be in unity as a family unit, every part doing its share, having our needs met, the need to let goldfish spill, the need for no TV, (laughs) and peace and quiet and running with what we have, where we're at, not with scissors. And even though our short term goals are different, our ultimate goals, they're the same. And it was just coming up with a plan of how to get there together and repairing this crack in the track. So coming back to the house analogy, we've got to maintain that house that's built and then by understanding it's established. And then after it's built, the rooms are filled up. First, you've got to do the prep work, stretch out your tents. And if you need to fix a foundation, don't neglect it. And sometimes we have to go back and fix a foundation. We have to keep up with the maintenance, the paint, the plumbing, the roof, the, the yard work, the gutters. Sometimes there's work, and people get afraid of the hard work. But where there is work put in, there is great reward. Hard work is just opportunity in disguise, remember. Proverbs twenty-four thirty through 34 goes like this. It says, I went by the field of the lazy man, and by the vineyard of the man devoid of understanding. And there it was, all overgrown with thorns. Its surface was covered with nettles. Its stone wall was broken down when I saw it. I considered it well. I looked on it and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And so shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. See, once upon a time ago, there was Jesus and he's walking about and he's picking some people and he's like, hey, Andrew, Peter, go ahead and follow me. Oh, hey, James and John, what are you doing over there? They're mending their nets. I I want you to see this. They are mending their nets. They're not out there catching fish with holes that are too big and the fish are just flying out of the nets. They are mending their nets. If there is a hole in the net, you don't just not take care of it. If there is a leak, you don't just leave it. If you take care of it, if there is a crack in the foundation, if there is a glitch in the system, you do what's necessary to get it fixed. And sometimes that might mean you just got to close up shop or do something differently. You bet you figure it out, right? And you get it fixed. If you're on a team, you're on a team and you come together before the Lord in unity and tackle those things. They don't just happen by mind reading or avoidance. Because avoidance is more like deferred maintenance, right? And mind reading. Oh man, that causes all kinds of problems. Because you know what? You don't always know what somebody else is thinking. Hebrews 12.1 says, let us lay aside every weight in the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Laying aside every weight isn't a bad thing. It's kind of like how swimmers shave their legs and their arms to shave a few minutes off their race time. Or how when you move, you have a garage sale or give stuff away. You don't need to keep all that extra stuff. When you lay aside the weights, it's like you're mending your nets. You're fixing any noticeable glitches Slowing your progress so that you can run and, and not be hindered when you're running. And when you notice you need to go back to the basics, get back to the basics. And now these things might look different depending on your season. But we know there is self-care. We've got to get the proper amount of sleep. We have to drink water and nourish our bodies as well as exercise. Because even though I could argue, well, First Timothy 4, eight says, bodily exercise profits little, <laughs> my darling. This is the only body you've got. You've got to take care of it. Because it's hard to do the things I'm called to do without a body. Ecclesiastes 9.10 Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. For when you go to the grave, there will be no work, no planning, or knowledge or wisdom. In Isaiah 38.18-19 through it says, For the dead cannot praise you. They cannot raise their voices in praise. Those who go down to the grave can no longer hope in your faithfulness. Only the living can praise you as I do today. Each generation tells of your faithfulness to the next see we have this one life and our time is precious we need to treasure the moments we have and use them wisely revelation 2 4 don't forget your first love don't just go through the motions but remind yourself for whom and why you're doing them or are you even doing them i mean, you ran well who hindered you We cannot get caught up, tripped up, or allow division to creep into our homes in whatever form that looks like. But we are called to stand and stand there for Ephesians 6, 14. There are many parts in a team. It takes a team of people to run a coffee shop in the morning. It takes a team of people to make a movie or put on a show. It takes a team of people to build a house. It takes a family. In a family, we each have our part. But we are working toward the same goal. As the body of Christ... We each have our part, but we're working together towards the same goal. To each one, gifts were given. There are many gifts, but the same spirit working in each one. With the same goal in mind. See, Jesus said, pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would bring laborers. And then Jesus also says, he says, he who does not gather with me scatters. Ephesians 4, 7 but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Romans 12:4 through 8 For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having them gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. 1 Corinthians 12.4 There are many different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. We've got to maintain ourselves as the house of Christ. See 1 Corinthians 6.19 Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God? And you are not your own. 1 Peter two five. And you are living stones. That God is building into a spiritual temple. Hebrews 3.6 Whose house we are if we hold fast the confidence of rejoicing. Of hope firm until the end. We must in that maintenance be feeding our spirits. And spending time with the Lord in prayer and in worship and, and in the word. And we've got to invest in the passions and the giftings the Lord has put inside of us. You know, the things that just make you glow. You've got to spend some time there too. Stirring up the gifts and talents that you've been given. And because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to make sure that we are maintaining a healthy mind. And spend time listing out. Well, what are you thankful for? Take your thoughts captive. Meditate on his faithfulness. These are foundational. As humans made in the image of God himself. We have three parts. Okay, look at this. We've got the spirit the mind, and the body. And we need to make sure all the systems are running smoothly, starting with our spirit, then our mind, and then our body. And then add in the systems essential to make whatever you put your hand to run smoothly. And wherever we find glitches or holes in the net, we fix them. But remember, we don't need to strive for perfection because even in our weakness, he is strong. It's there that his glory shines. It's okay to be cracked earthen-worn vessels because the light shines all the brighter. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of power may be of God and not of us. Proverbs 13, 23. Much food is in the fallow ground of the poor, but for lack of justice there is waste. This means there is hidden potential inside of each one of us. If we could just break the ground, groundbreaking potential is right there in the very foundation. So we've got to till our ground and make it ready to build on and keep tilling because your ground isn't going to run out. As long as there's breath in your lungs, there is purpose for your life. Isaiah 54 two. enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch out your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. See, the Lord wants to enlarge your territory. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. Don't stop now. See, this is good as it gets. Jesus came that we may have life and life to the full. You are called to have a full life. Don't cast away your confidence for you have need of endurance for after you have done the will of God that you may receive the promise. There is so much potential. The opportunity to live our best life is there if we just look. And that's why it's so important that we give attention to our flocks, to what's going on with our ground and our peeps, to be sensitive to what's going on around us and with the people that we are supposed to be caring for to be sober, to be diligent, not falling away for every new fad that comes along and the doctrine of men, not ignorant of the devices of the enemy trying to sneak on in like that radon gas. So I guess the question is, where are your cracks? Are there any you've got to fix? Do you need to clean the gutters or test the smoke alarms? And just make sure you're ready to go in season and out of season. Maybe it's just one or two things that need tending to, or maybe you need to switch something entirely around to still move towards the goal. But whatever you do, run and do not grow weary. Do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season you will reap what you have sown if you do not lose heart. Now, rise up, take courage, and do it. Thanks for listening. Hey, you know what? If today encouraged you, that's fabulous. And I would love to hear about it. So please leave me a message over here where it says reviews. Ding, ding. And you know what else? Please forward it to a friend of yours. I bet they could use some encouragement too. All right. Have a blessed day and I'll talk to you soon.